0: And I can see the ground now. i to Wait too, too Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. Okay? This podcast refuses to stop. Coming at you through another moderately priced Melbourne Airbnb. Kind of expensive, but when you split it with a good friend, you're in the market for a suitable accommodation. And that's where I'm coming from today. I think, unfortunately, potential mistake. We started with the sick Airbnb first, like four nights, and then hit the downgrade for like the rest of the stay. You would have thought uh, common sense would have dictated we did the complete opposite. But between Easter long weekend and the F1 last weekend, accommodation actually was a complete nightmare. And I would argue in Melbourne, and and I hate to start the podcast, In such controversial fashion i'm not an edgy guy despite some of the things in my current show i would say that in melbourne from the buzz around town i would say that the f1 is actually bigger than jesus christ as far as trying to book accommodation for those respective weekends okay if you're coming to melbourne and you want to book a sick airbnb and you have either jesus christ weekend easter easter sunday good friday easter monday the one in the middle If it's between that, the weekend of Jesus Christ, and the weekend of fast cars, you're much better off coming down for Jesus' big one, okay? I mean, F1 is a full-blown religion, from what I saw. It's like, uh, F1 is basically if Jesus had merch. (laughs) That's what it is, dude. If Jesus was selling polos for $450, and everyone was walking around in matching kit, completely oblivious to how completely nerdy they look that's pretty much what it is so yeah we're in a bit of a bit of a humdrum setup here in the airbnb it's a bit whatever but also it's not too bad at all so good to good to be here they are renovating the apartment next to us so if you hear a drop saw go off at any point uh that's not i'm not beeping myself or or censoring myself because of some sort of an edgy joke that's just one of the lads uh, getting into his work next door so we'll see how we go tough uh you know tough old wednesday for billy d i'm starting my voice is starting to go if you can't tell I'm starting you know you just with no routine during the day i'm getting up at like 10 you know i'm not advocating for getting up at 5 a.m or anything i'm not i'm not saying we all need to be mark Wahlberg. but i will say that if you get up at 10 a.m with really nothing on your agenda except for waiting around to start work at 8.30 p.m. It's very hard to sort of crack into anything of any worth whatsoever. No one really rolls out of bed at 10 a.m. with a completely empty dance card in a moderately priced Airbnb and gets after it, as it were. So, yeah, I'm sort of enjoying the festival lifestyle, starting to take a toll, but at the same time, the shows have been great. I think as well the thing that's got me down a bit today is two of my heroes in one day have hit the turf. This is pretty unlucky, you know, as far as, you know, for, as, a, as a, a, a male sports fan, you know, a toxic white man in my own right, I've had, I've had heroes fall before, okay, Chris D'Elia, famous pedophile, you hate to see that, uh, other, other ones I can't think of right now, but there's been a few, um, two of my heroes in the same day have gone down. Donald Trump and Jared Hayne. Two more posters coming off Billy Darcy's bedroom wall. <laughs> Dude, Jared Hayne, yeah, convicted of rape for the second time. That one's not as funny as I thought it would be when I planned to talk about it. But Donald Trump getting done for... Well, I don't really understand what he got done for. I mean, he covered up a, his own sex scandal. We just call that, you know, crossing the T's, dotting the I's where I'm from. But apparently because he falsified some business records, uh, that's just, that's like, it's like a white-collar crime, you know? How funny is it to get in trouble for having sex with a porn star, but then you're going to prison for the accounting side of things, for the administration, you know? (laughs) That's a tough pill to swallow. (laughs) It's like, what are you in here for, Donnie? Well, I had sex with a porn star while running for president. It's like, is that a crime? no but the administration on the back end actually was you know it's weird to do something so so wild so cool you know having sex with a porn star while running for president i mean you want to talk about a guy who's got a few balls in the air at one time <laughs> how good would his calendar look for that week like dinner with stormy stormzy or stormy i don't know i don't know which one it is because it's not a real name but dinner with Stormzy at 7, and then, you know, presidential debate at 9. I mean, that is a guy with a full dance card, I think we can all admit. So two of the all-time great alpha males of our generation uh, clipped up on the same day. So I'd just like to take a moment for toxic men everywhere. Uh, two of the greats uh, have gone down together. And, you know, end of an era. I know a few blokes who will be taking this Jared Hayne thing particularly seriously so you hate to see it <laughs> oh dude so many pelicans on one planet so many pelicans on one planet and i hope it was coming across that i was joking during that last four minutes where i said both of those men were my heroes okay i will say i'm a casual rugby league fan but there was a time when yeah i wasn't i wasn't averse to buying a ticket to the hayne plane every now and then okay So, you know, tough pill for some lads around the country to swallow today. Uh, I will say I'd like to crack into this episode by talking about a couple of new dating terms have actually come to light uh, because I think, I don't know who's in charge of these dating terms, but we seem to be getting like a new one every week. It's very exciting. And here's the thing. So first one off the bat, this is a good one. This is called hesitating. Hesitating, okay? a play on the word hesitating, all right? I think we can all agree. Whoever came up with this one, gave themselves a big old pat on the back and poured themselves a nice gl- a gl- a nice glass of red um, after coming up with this trendy and catchy term, hesitating. Very exciting. Hesitating is when you go on a date with someone, but then you hesitate, okay? And, and you think, it makes you think, I'm not sure if I want to date this person. You're not sure. Hesitating is when you've been on a few dates, but you're not sure if you want to emotionally connect with them, you know. Now, hesitating, dating someone without emotional connection. I think that was just called banging back in the day. But, you know, I think that's quite crass to say in 2023. So, hesitating, you know, it's, it's good. Again, it really rings true of the, he's just not that into you mentality. She's just not that into you. I think you know if if someone's hesitating, you again really just another form of leading on. Uh, I think we should bring you know we got this hesitating thing like oh I didn't get rejected, they hesitated me, you know the old three dates and and a ghosting. We've all copped it. We've all we've all given. We've all dished it out, and we've all copped it. Okay, part and parcel of the game. I'd like to bring back. uh, This is a wild. A wild idea I'd like to bring back to the dating world you know all this hesitating ghosting breadcrumbing it's all it's all forms of what the other person is doing to you I would like to bring back blaming yourself <laughs> I like to bring back where you went on three dates with someone they ghost you and you think yeah it's because I suck <laughs> is anyone out there still doing that bring back admitting your own faults you know, bring back analyzing your own performance out there. I love these people that are just going on dates and just thinking, well, I've not ended up marrying that person, so there's something wrong with them. I was clearly on a date with a broken individual. I was m- merely a, a traffic uh, casualty, you know, a drive-by shooting type situation uh, of this person's mental illness. So I've got caught up in their own charade. They've hesitated me. They've breadcrumbed me. They've, they've done other made-up words to me, and I will continue to dance through the dating scene as the perfect flower that I am, okay? I'd like to bring back blaming yourself. <laughs> I'd like to bring back going, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have told that girl I'm scared of the dark on our second date, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe I shouldn't have uh, talked about my ex-girlfriend for 15 minutes, you know, on, on the third date. Maybe I, I shouldn't have said, I shouldn't have given her a look when she ordered an espresso martini and I said, oh, okay, you know, guess, guess I'll be paying $37 for this one, will I? And then I ordered a light beer to try and balance out her exceptionally expensive drink. You know, I'd like to bring back analysing your own behaviour, looking at your own faults. When Michael Clark used to get out first ball, which I will admit did not happen often, he didn't, he didn't come back and say, oh, That's okay. Harvajan Singh just breadcrumbed me. What can I do about that? He said, fucking hell, I shouldn't have gone out there and tried to hit Harvajan for six first ball of the innings. You know? Which I think we can all look at our own dating performance and and think back to a time when we've tried to hit our own proverbial six on the first date. You know? Whether it was opening up too early, never opening up at all. (laughs) I would say my playbook is either... (laughs) (laughs) My playbook is either open up heaps on the first date or refuse to open up until pretty much the seventh. They're your two modes, okay? Very hard to strike a balance when you're Billy Darcy, okay? And the... (laughs) Oh, yeah, bring back blaming yourself. But the other one I saw, this is a very exciting new term. This is called data viewing. Like the word date and then are viewing. Okay, And this is good, this is basically when you go on a date with someone, and I've had this before, and I will say this is one that I don't think I'm personally guilty of, because I actually find talking about myself particularly sickening, if you can wrap your head around that as I talk into this microphone for upwards of an hour on this solo podcast. I know that seems like quite a ludicrous thing to say, but believe it or not, I don't actually love talking about myself. And uh, I just find it embarrassing. I think Billy Darcy's quite an embarrassing person, and I don't think anything he really gets up to should be broadcast in any way, shape, or form, outside of a comedy prism, okay? And here's the thing. You go on these dates where it, the data view is like where it's basically just like someone just vomits their LinkedIn profile all over you. And that's it's it's a very American thing. Americans love to talk about their careers. and these dates happen where you think, I've had this date before where you think, we just hung out for like three hours. That was great. It wasn't, it wasn't awkward at all. We, you know, the conversation flowed. And then you think, I think I just copped that woman's like one person show. I think they just like played the hits of how good they are and everything they're doing. You know, when you come away from a date going, I know everything about that person and they know nothing about me. I think that's what data viewing is. I remember I went on a date with a girl literally last year. And after the date, I knew like her whole, her last three jobs, why she left either of them, you know, and why it was everyone else's fault. And then I left the date going, I don't think she knows I'm a comedian. In fact, she didn't know I was a comedian. It never came up. Nothing about me ever came up actually. And so while that is a good strategy for avoiding the awkward silences, I feel like maybe the awkward silences are where you really get into your work as far as if, is there any connection here whatsoever? So a couple of new dating terms, hesitating, where they're just not sure if they want to date you at all. Again, really just another term for mugging. And then data viewing, where people just sort of sp- just vomit their resume all over you for upwards of two and a half hours on a Tuesday night. So two things to watch out for. And and I'd like to bring back in the middle of all that, just blaming yourself and keeping the other person on the pedestal they no doubt deserve to be on. (laughs) Yes, you know. But anyway, anyway. All right, before we go any further, I'd like to give my tour a quick plug. Next Saturday, 15th of April, I am in Perth. Then I'm in Brisbane, April 20. uh, Canberra, April 29. Newcastle, April 27. Then Wollongong, May 6, Adelaide, May 13, and Sydney, May 18. Biggest show of my life at the comedy store. Come on through. You can get all those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio. So hope to see you there. Schooners after, guaranteed. Get into a couple of. I should talk about this fantastic comedy festival I am currently participating in. I'm at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I am. I want to say six shows in, I think that's right, six shows in, just had the Tuesday night last night, sold out, thanks for everyone. Thanks to everyone who's come out to the show so far, they've been really fun, uh, I've had a lot of requests, I've been chatting to everyone after the shows of course and I've had a lot of requests for bringing back some of the catchphrases from Get Around Me over the years, stuff like, you know, feel the hype, spread the hype, uh, catch me caring was a big one, got to bring back catch, catch me caring. Uh, you know it's my podcast you can back off it's the last time I'll say it dude okay it is the last time I'll say it I used to say stuff like that all the time I don't know I think the catchphrases I just felt like they were cool at the time I went off the catchphrases but now I'm thinking maybe I should bring them back in some capacity but it's been a fun run a lot of people have been coming out a lot of, uh, few people have given me weed, which I highly appreciate. It's kept me going uh, through my stay here in Melbourne. Just a bit of a treat at the end of the night for Bill, you know. I know it doesn't look like work for me up there, guys, but I'm, I'm on the tools, okay? When, when you're doing a spreadsheet at work and then you come and see Billy Darcy, that's me doing a spreadsheet, okay? I know it looks like I'm sort of drinking a Carlton draft, asking the chick in the front row if she's single, but I'm telling you guys... This is a real art form. I won't say it again, okay? But it's been a lot of fun. Thanks thanks to everyone who's come out. Um, first night, these two 19-year-old blokes came after me. They go, mate, where is Rowan Arneal? And I go, oh, he's coming down next weekend. So he's coming down this Easter long weekend. And they were like, fucking hell, mate. We brought him a huge bag of ketamine. And, and they were so disappointed. So I, I apologize, lads. And I was like, well, I could have some of that ketamine. And they were like, no, it's for Rowan. So (laughs) I think Rowan Arneal is more popular than me in Melbourne. I've been getting a lot of requests for Rowan. Um, I've had some audiences that have just been so hammered and so out to lunch. It has been truly unbelievable. Uh, One guy in the front row of, I think, the Thursday show, he was just, he was like swaying around. He was like doing these ones and like, I honestly thought he, I had to like stop the show a few times to check on him, you know? Like there's no bouncers at my shows, I'll tell you that. So you can rock up in any state you want. But if you could be conscious for the show, I think you would enjoy it more, okay? That's my professional comedian's opinion. But this guy was swaying around. And then the funniest thing was he went out halfway through the show to grab a drink and they fucking served him. I mean, there is no RSA in Melbourne. This guy was pretty much drooling, and, and he came back with like a double vodka tonic. So, you know, if you want to get hammered, the Coopers Inn is the place to do it. I have five more shows. This will come out on Thursday. So the weekend is filling up, I will say. I should have released this today on Wednesday because my Wednesday is quite light, about two-thirds full, and the, the weekend will fill up. So if you want to come, get in quick because it will sell out. But apart from that, uh, also, yeah, the Sunday, I should say, is not full. But Thursday, Friday, Saturday is full. And then, uh, yeah, if you want to come out on the Sunday, I'd appreciate it. I'll be getting hammered after that one as it's my last show. But, yeah, it's been been great. A lot of people are leaving in the middle of the show to go and get a drink and come back. I would say it's only a one-hour show. So if you could just come in with two drinks, that would be ideal. One woman at uh, last night's show like, l- left to get a drink like six minutes in and she was in the front row. So it's quite disruptive and the door to my little room I'm performing in, it's like a, it's like a Hogwarts door. Like when people open it, it's like and it just completely torpedoes whatever material I'm doing. So, you know, if you could, if you could just come in with two drinks, that would be ideal. But at the same time, I don't want to tell you how to live. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, One guy like weirdly offered up his sister in some sort of a crowd work interaction gone wrong. He was like, uh, I was like, mate, is this your girlfriend? And he was like, it's actually my sister. Which I don't know why, but crowds find that to be the funniest thing on the planet. If you mistake someone's relationship to another person, the crowds are like, they're like, oh, my god they they love it okay but i would say to that how am i supposed to know i've never met either of these people they could be you know it could be his sister and his girlfriend i don't know what part of australia this man hails from so you know i don't know why but people absolutely froth on that um and so i said oh it's your sister mate and then he goes oh yeah do with her what you will and i was like mate (laughs) it's Are you, like, offering up your sister right now? This is bizarre behavior, okay? And we had a bit of fun with that. I think I said, you know, you you can just buy me a beer after the show, mate. You don't need to give me your sister in some sort of an 1870s transaction, okay? Tickets are extremely re- reasonably priced for the festival. So, I think you should just pay your $27 and uh, you don't have to sort of hand over your sister in some sort of medieval transaction. So appreciated that though i mean what a gesture what a gesture but yeah it's been a lot of fun the the snake pat doherty enemy of the podcast rolled in and uh he came through for he saw one of the shows um and that was a lot of fun got on the piss with him quite a bit um it's a bit of a nightmare really i had like four pints with him on friday lunchtime and i was a bit hazy for my friday night show but it ended up being a lot of fun, so no qualms there. I will say, me and Pat went to a kick ons Friday night, I think, at my friend, uh, my friend Jackie's house, and that was a lot of fun. But then we're kicking on, and it's about two AM, and Jackie's like, "All right, we're we're out of drinks. You got to go to the Bottle-O. and I I am bursting out in fits of laughter. Okay, the Bottle-O. I said, Jackie, it's two AM. There's no chance of a Bottle-O being open at 2 a.m. And she said there's a 24-7 Bottle-O around the corner on Chapel Street. And I said, you've got to be fucking kidding. A 24-7 Bottle-O. This is is the craziest shit I've ever come across in my life. Melbourne, like the wheels are off. Everything's open in Melbourne all the time. I love it, okay? In Sydney, the Bottle-O's close at like 9 p.m., like, if you were to find one that's open till 10, that would be of note. Like, if if I went to a bottle shop at 9.45pm in Sydney, and then later that week, you said, Bill, what have you been up to? I'd say, mate, wrap your head around this. The other night, I went to a bottle-o at 9.45pm. Like, it's of note, okay? It's newsworthy in Sydney. So, we went to this 24-7 bottle-o, and it was cranking, dude. It was absolutely packed. They had like security guards and shit. It was fucking awesome. Me and Pat were like naughty schoolgirls. We were like, oh my God, this is so illegal. <laughs> like, we were absolutely freaking out, dude. And it was great. I gotta say, Melbourne, you want to talk about a town that is super accessible. Unbelievable. 24-7 Bottolo. We hit that up. We kicked on. We had a lot of fun. Then the next morning we we jumped on the line bikes. And did like a half hour bike ride back across Melbourne to our accommodation. Absolutely best way to start the day. Still hammered because you had access to a 24-7 bottle. I mean, this town just has something for everyone. It really does. I was line biking along the Yarra River. Still pissed on a Saturday morning. With a sold out show that night going, this is sick. I'm having a great time, dude. I'm having a fucking unbelievable time. So, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, there's a cool artist bar for comedians the festival club that's very exciting um, that's been cool I walked past famous comedian Patty Harrison the other night who's on uh, I think you should leave the Netflix show she's probably the most famous comedian at the festival I guess and I don't know what that says about the festival but she's famous and she's one of those people where you know when someone's so like so hot you can just tell they're famous that's like Patty Harrison. Like I just saw her at the festival club and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Patty Harrison. But even if it's not, that person is famous because they just have like, they they just exude fame. You know, it's it's quite bizarre. It's a, It's a bizarre phenomenon. But then you're at the festival club and it's kind of, it can be uncomfortable because sometimes you'll just be absolutely out to lunch. Like on the Saturday night, I was just so fucked. And then you're like, oh sweet, this is, the head of a big comedy agency and then this is like a massively respected comedian next to him and then i'm standing here and i'm just licking the floor and it's like dude i gotta get out of here okay (laughs) but so i've been pretty hammered in front of some famous people i would rather not have been i'm yet to run into tommy little who is he's my white whale i'd love to maybe do some narcotics with tommy little i think that would really fill out next week's podcast And it's an exciting time to be in Melbourne because there are dating rumours surrounding Kerry Bickmore and Tommy Little. And this is exciting because they host that radio show together. They're both A-list celebrities, I think we would all agree. And if Kerry Bickmore started dating Tommy Little, not only would we have one of Australia's biggest new power couples, uh, but also that power couple would feature an Australian stand-up comedian. Elevating the art form into the public eye yet again. Okay. This would be like if Tommy Little started dating Kerry Bickmore, that would be like the our Aussie version of like Pete Davidson and Emily Ratikowski. Or you know, Kim Kardashian. Or I mean the list goes on with the fantastic Pete Davidson and his well known impressive Schlong. But yeah, I mean, so I hope these rumors are true. I would love to be the one to break that news. Okay, I'll be keeping my eye open at the Festival Club for Kerry Bickmore and Tommy Little potentially making out in the corner. And I'm not above leaking that to the Daily Mail for upwards of four and a half grand. Okay, so I will have my journalistic hat on. I know it looks like this is a Bunnings bucket hat, but this is also actually my journalist hat. So I've got my ear to the ground and I'm looking to break some news wherever I can. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, calling all men. It's time to mind your manholes with Manscaped. Everyone's aware by now that nose hairs are a major turnoff. That's why Manscaped upgraded their brand new Weed Whacker 2.0 with improved blades and motor and for the power of nasty nose hair annihilation in the palm of your hands. This improved Weed Whacker can now be found in their performance package 4.0 for no additional cost. Save money and attack your nose and ears hairs by getting to manscaped.com and using code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, to get 20% off and free shipping. Uh, I've been using the Weed Whacker since Manscaped came on board. And I will say nose hair is one of those things where as soon as you get rid of it, you're like, yeah, this is a million times better. You know, you're breathing better, you look sharper, you know, especially if you're a a tall gentleman such as myself, 6'2". I'll go on the record and so sometimes people are shorter than me and they're looking up my nose and you don't want to you don't want to have some you know nose hair like you're some sort of a 67 year old Santa Claus knockoff okay so get the Weed Whacker 2.0 and sort yourselves out. Our friends over at Manscaped are helping you enjoy spring's fresh air by using the Weed Whacker 2.0 on all your face hole hair. We love the Weed Whacker 1.0 but this thing is an absolute upgrade. The premium manscaped weed whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer use a powerful 7,000 RPM motor with an improved steel blade system that upgrades the cutting performance from their first generation to better whack your weeds. Plus, this nose and ear hair trimmer comes with skin safe technology which helps reduce nicks, snags and tugs. The weed whacker 2.0 is cordless, rechargeable and has a battery with up to 45 minutes of runtime. Also, the Weed Whacker 2.0 will be in all Manscapes tool sets, including the Platinum Package 4.0 and the Performance Package 4.0. So no matter what kit you pick, you will receive the new Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer. Let's face it, long nose hair is a major turnoff. Let Manscaped be part of your daily grooming routine, ensuring no hair is ever out of place. So once again, save 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY. That's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping when you use the code word DARCY at manscaped.com. From below to up top, get the the best in grooming at Manscaped Shop. Get amongst it, lads. Okay, speaking of breaking some news, there's a couple of topics I would like to climb into this week. Firstly, off the rip, Australian superstar... Okay, Guy Sebastian, winner of inaugural Australian Idol, probably the one guy off that show who's just. In fact, that's not fair to Ricky Lee. Ricky Lee just got a big radio gig, um, and you know Shannon Noll still kicking it. Anthony Kalia is definitely. I don't. I. I think we can all agree we don't know what he's doing, but he's definitely doing something. So, Guy Sebastian is in a legal battle with his ill elderly neighbour. This guy's 66, so I guess he's not that old, but he's ill. Um, so, Guy Sebastian is in a legal battle with this guy because uh, <laughs> this is so funny, dude. So, Guy Sebastian and this guy got in a fight over their shared fence. Apparently, the old guy damaged the fence. Guy was having was having a go at him. And this old guy, at 66, and I've seen a picture of this of this fella. He doesn't look particularly athletic. And he's also quite ill, it's been documented. He apparently pretty graphically threatened to kill Guy Sebastian. And then Guy Sebastian has gone to the police and is now lawyered up and is suing this guy. And, you know, we've seen Gwyneth Paltrow sue that guy for the skiing incident. Uh, Here's the thing is, I think this is a timely reminder that if you run into a celebrity, whether it be Gwyneth Paltrow or someone a little bit further down the ranks in Guy Sebastian, uh, do not... Uh, do not engage because they will lawyer up and they're ready to go at any point, okay? So this guy, <laughs> he threatened to kill Guy Sebastian at one thirty p.m. because of a shared fence dispute. Now, I don't know, call me old-fashioned, call me old-school, but I think that you should be able to threaten to kill someone without ending up in court, okay? You know, our old ex-neighbours at the Ladpad, he used to threaten, he threatened us, all the time. It was part of the vibe, okay? If you're not threatening your neighbours, are you really neighbours, okay? So I think we can threaten each other, Whether and, you know, you some people would say threatening someone's life is too far. I mean, to each their own. But I think we can threaten each other without getting the suits involved. I mean, what is this, Korea? Like, come on, guy. So I'm not sure about that, but it's so funny. This old guy was taking a shit when he was arrested and charged by the police uh, for like stalking and threatening to inflict bodily harm. Um, (laughs) I will say, to be fair to this old guy, what's happened is, Guy Sebastian bought the house next door, and then proceeded to build a fortress on it. It looks like the fucking Incredibles live there, dude. This guy's house, it looks like in the movie Up, when the old guy refuses to move and he's got like all these skyscrapers around him, and his little home is there. Like this old guy is almost the underdog in this story. It's almost inspirational. Some people would say he's a violent criminal for what he said to Guy Sebastian. I would say this underdog is just just thinking he's had enough, and he's put his foot down and said, I'm fucking sick of this pop star, okay? Every time Guy Sebastian has a number one hit, he adds another wing to this absolute fucking monstrosity of a home, it's one of those like modern cube homes and it's so funny, dude. This And here's the thing is they built, they bought the house and then like demoed it and rebuilt this absolute fortress for three years. So if, if you're this old guy, you've got your nice little home in Maroubra, you're thinking, how good is this? You're literally living the Australian dream in Australia's eastern suburbs in, in Sydney. You know, you've made it. Your house, it's not much but it's yours. You've paid it off. And then Guy Sebastian is coming out in his silk pajamas, harassing you for touching his fence. And you're thinking, mate, this has been my fence for a lot longer than it's been yours, Guy. Okay? I don't care if you knocked over Shannon Noel two decades ago. This is my fucking fence. And do you know what, mate? If you want to keep harassing me, I will literally kill you. Okay? I can totally see how this would have gotten out of hand. And then Guy has run straight to the lawyers in a real power play from the great man. I mean, what the funniest thing about all of this is that this court case is overlapping with Guy Sebastian launching his perfume, his personal fragrance. Uh, here's the deal. If, if your next-door neighbor has his own fragrance, do not threaten him, Okay. Something tells me he's got a few more ducats in the kitty to play with and he will he will see you in court whenever it suits. So, um, yeah, I hope this isn't affecting sales of the fragrance embraced by Guy Sebastian in a collaboration with Chemist Warehouse. It's very exciting, okay? And, and yeah, I mean, this is an ongoing issue. I mean, this court case has not been finalised yet. I'll be watching with bated breath. Uh, I can't tell if I want this old guy to win, To get one over Guy, or I can't, or I gotta say, if Guy just absolutely, you know, douses this bloke and drowns him in legal fees and and, and wins this thing, and and this old bloke has to return to his mediocre home next to Guy's absolute mansion, I'm kind of in for the status quo being reinforced there. So, something for everyone in this one, it's a real battle B list celebrity versus average Sydney cider which is interesting because I think m- most average Sydney siders probably think they're B list celebrities anyway. So we've got two absolute Titans of the Eastern suburbs going toe to toe. And uh, I guess I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep you updated on this story as it unfolds. But until then, not even a sponsored post, go and, go and cop some of Guy Sebastian's beautiful new fra- fragrance. It's exciting stuff. And it's, up next, a story I'd like to talk about, and this one, this one didn't really hit my radar when it should have, but here we are nonetheless. Uh, Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan. This is one of the greatest muggings I've ever come across. So, Scotty Pippen's ex-wife is dating Michael Jordan's son in one of the greatest muggings I think we've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to get into this, okay? Let's say, let's jump into the shoes of these fine gentlemen. Let's say I'm Scottie Pippen, or I'm Michael Jordan, actually. What does that say about my self-esteem? That in my own fantasy of Scottie, Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan, I've cast myself as the sidekick. I'm Michael Jordan in this one. Let's say I'm Michael Jordan. Me and Scottie Pippen are boys, but there's friction, okay? The last dance came out. Scottie wasn't happy about it. He said he was... He was sort of put aside as like just Michael Jordan's sidekick uh, or something like that. But I think we, we should probably remind Scotty that it was a documentary about Michael Jordan and to a lesser extent the Chicago Bulls, okay? I know it was technically about the Bulls, but it was a Michael Jordan doco. So I don't think you can be too angry about the fact that Michael Jordan was the main character in the Michael Jordan documentary. I think that's pretty above board as far as things go, but, so Scotty Pippen wasn't too happy about that, and uh, anyway, so then it comes out, Scotty Pippen divorces his wife, bup, bup, bup. anyway, it would be one thing if Michael Jordan was to date Scotty Pippen's ex, I mean, that is a betrayal of the highest order, but it's come out that Michael Jordan's son is the one dating her, and that is a mugging like I've not seen before. These celebrity women know how to mug off their men because if I'm Michael Jordan and I date your ex-wife, that's a fuck you from me to you, brother, okay? Cop that. Take that home to, to your fucking mansion and let that roll around the old cranium as you're getting to sleep, okay? But here's the thing. My son is knocking boots with your wife, mate. You know, that's like I've farmed out the mugging to my next generation. This is a legacy mugging okay? Like, this is, this mugging is intergenerational, okay? Just fucking the Darcy family tree, just fucking teaching you a lesson, mate. It's unbelievable stuff. And, I mean, I don't know, these celebrity women are just, this why I think I don't know if I could date a celebrity, because the muggings just seem to be too much, like, it's like Jada Smith dating Will Smith's son's friend. It's the same thing where it's like, babe, okay, I'll cop the mugging, I will cop it. But can you just have it be someone our age, okay? It's like same with Miley Cyrus and Cody Simpson. If I was Liam Hemsworth, I'd be thinking, "Fucking hell, can't it just be someone my age, another actor? You know, dating someone. I know a guy. Um, his ex girlfriend slept with someone he hated, but who was also like six years younger than him, just to mug him off. And it's just like, mate." I think there's something about them being younger that's just like a mugging. It's just like, ugh, really? This 19-year-old, you know? It just hurts. But yeah, it's the ultimate power play uh, from Michael Jordan's son. And it's just, it's, it's a mugging like we've not seen before. It's, it's disrespectful. Um, and I think Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen were enemies already after the doco. But if you want to win a war against someone... You know, let's say Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan run into each other. You can just give her a, give him a nod that says, hey, mate, I've mugged you off, but it was I couldn't even be fucked to do it myself. You know, there's something real arrogant about that. So, I don't know, keep an eye out for Michael Jordan's son. Or more than that, keep an eye out for the son of your enemies because that seems to be the greatest threat in today's modern age. Okay, anyone can get mugged off by their enemy, but it takes a true... A true uh, beta male to get mugged off by their enemy's son, okay? So watch out, because I personally wouldn't recover from something like that. And just to finish this off here, this one's a bit shorter, sorry. My voice is starting to go, and I've got to save it for these beautiful stand-up comedy shows I'm doing at night. Uh, My show is absolutely cooking along, dude, so hope to see you there. And anyway... The project for this week, we've got to send in, and I I don't even know if I'm saying this lady's name right, but Raya Ripley or Ray Ripley. Uh, Obviously, the project is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent killing it here and abroad, regardless of what they're doing. And Ray Ripley has just become the WWE SmackDown World Champion at WrestleMania number whatever, dude. So this is extremely exciting. We have an Australian wwe champion it's unbelievable okay so she won wrestlemania i'm not sure how it works i've been pretty candid in the past i don't care for wwe and i I think it's silly but i also understand that these blokes who love wwe love it in a way that i can't relate to okay there's some bloke out there who's just last weekend he watched the f1 and the wwe And he had the time of his fucking life. And while I personally don't understand it, don't let me get in the way of a good time, okay? I can sit there for six hours and watch cricket, which I know some people think is some of the weirdest behavior of all time. So great win by Ray Ripley. We have an Australian WWE champion. It just goes to show that Aussies, we dominate every sport on the planet, be it fake or otherwise, okay? I don't care that this was scripted. This is just another win in the win column for this great nation and we love to see it, okay? And I was thinking, dude, how sick would it be being Ray Ripley where, you know, most great sporting achievements and while this, you know, whether this is a sport or not is up for debate. I mean, it's definitely not by the by, don't want to get into it, but how good would it be, right? Imagine the greatest sporting achievement of your life. You get to go to sleep the next day knowing you're going to win, like, she doesn't have that night before tossing and turning, being like, oh, I'm in the SmackDown Championship. I hope it goes well. Stick to the processes, you know? She's thinking, fucking oath, dude. Tomorrow I'm winning the SmackDown Championship at WrestleMania, you know? You can, like, plan your celebrations ahead of time. Unbelievable, dude. So, congratulations to her. Um, just an unbelievable achievement, be it scripted or otherwise. I would love it if some of my comedy shows were scripted, you know. Bill, tomorrow night, you're going to have the sickest show of your life and uh, get, you know, you're going to crowd surf out of there. I'd be rocking up to the venue like, do do do, do do do, you know. <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome. So, congratulations to her. It's another win for this great nation and we continue to march forwards. I was speaking last week that we need more funding for the Olympics, apparently. Maybe should we be giving more funding to our pro WWE wrestlers because I think, I don't know if this is our first Australian champion or what, but my God, we've got some talent in this nation. As far as fake wrestling goes, let's pump, let's pump the funding in, you know, plenty more belts where that came from. G up. So very exciting. Congratulations to her. Um, that is the podcast for this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Bit of a weird one this week. Cause I don't really have a voice. And I've just been sort of in my own world with not much of a routine focusing on my show. So the podcast has sort of taken a back seat, um, but it'll be all systems go um, back in Sydney next week. And then I'm also going, I'm in Perth next weekend. So come out to that show, please. Then I'm in Brisbane, Canberra, then Adelaide, Wollongong, Newcastle, Sydney. So come on out. Uh, We'd love to see you at a show. Thanks to everyone who's coming out to the Melbourne shows. It's been a lot of fun. And yeah, dude, thanks for listening. All right, legends. Welcome to the second part of this week's pod. Rowan Arneal is not here. Coward. Coward. Absolute coward I'm calling him out He's probably off doing drugs or just being lazy Which is a bigger crime
1: (laughs) He's guilty of both, I know that He's
0: guilty on both Anyway, this week I've got great Sydney comedian Freddie McManus joining me Freddie also has a show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival Freddie McManus is stoppable Yes, sir It's absolutely fantastic Freddie, how you going?
1: Mate, great We're more than halfway through We've been here just over a week We're
0: doing 11 shows and we're 6 shows in I mean, that feels like a,
1: a checkpoint of some kind.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm really just trying to, at this point, get to the weekend.
1: <laughs> We've also said we do this podcast since day one. <laughs> I know. It's taken until deep into the run.
0: I know. and Mate, here's the thing is I've been keen to do it, mate. You've been the one dragging your feet.
1: I'm just, I am just don't rate you as a broadcaster.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I was waiting on the mainstream media, mate. Well, fair enough, mate. It, <laughs> I was it's... waiting on ABC, Well, it's good you're mugging me off, mate, because you are sitting in for Rowan R. Niels, who who, he does usually open with disrespect. Yeah, but without the charisma, I mean. Yeah, you're definitely, well... He's definitely at a lower ebb while he tells you
1: you have no value. Yeah,
0: I mean, the fact you've already shown more energy than he's shown across maybe 50 episodes. Right. So, it's great to have you, mate. Um, Mate, just off the rip, I'd just like to ask you a question. Have you ever been to a restaurant before?
1: I knew this was a trap. This is why I've been dragging my feet. I knew I was about to be called out. I have been to restaurants before. I rarely, like, lead the dance in terms of, like, running the order. Okay. Well, mate, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you just
0: brought that up. (laughs) Okay. It was a bait and switch, mate. You fell right into it. Okay. Um, (laughs) I'm, like, banging on the windows. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Get me out of here. (laughs) You're trapped, mate. You're trapped on the airwaves. So, we went to this Chinese restaurant the other night, mate, after one of the great nights. It was great. We, I've never seen a night just get off the rails so quickly in that we were going to see Patty Harrison at 6pm. I said, Freddie, let's get a pint before we go see her. Unreal. We go, we have two pints actually. Then we go to Patty Harrison. She was full. We, it was sold out. We missed out on tickets. Try to get in with our artist passes. So then we go, all right, we'll get another beer before the next show. And then it just sort of the wheels came off. We saw no shows. Yeah. Right. <laughs> We discussed the Ashes at length. Yeah, we got like super (laughs) aggressive about the Ashes. And then Freddie's roommates who were in town joined us. Great night. We go to this Chinese restaurant at about 11, I want to say. Yeah. Pretty out to lunch. Out to dinner, actually. (laughs) Sharp stuff, mate. Thank you, mate. Save it for the show. That
1: tickets are on sale.
0: (laughs) I cannot stress that enough. Please continue. Yeah. Oh, yep. Good little plug there, mate. Um. And then, so, Freddie, you immediately assert yourself as the alpha. That's not true. That is 100% true. You say, you slap the menu out of my hand (laughs) and you say, I'll take it from here. Uh, Look, my memory may
1: have been a a little shaky, but... Also, I wouldn't have wanted you leading the dance either, so that does sound like something I would do. Well, it wasn't my fault. If place. only to put someone else in charge, not necessarily myself.
0: To be honest, mate, I like what you did there because it was your two roommates at the table and me. You're the bridge between the two worlds. Right. So, if anyone was going to lead the dance, it w- I was happy for you to do it. What happened next was nothing short of embarrassing. Okay. Where you got absolutely... Ta- I've never seen someone get taken for a ride by the waiter <laughs> the way you were. Here's,
1: here's the thing. So this lovely man comes up to like take our order. And what he'd do is he would just say all the things that were on the menu. And if we go, oh, maybe not that, he'd go, it's yum. He'd look me dead in the eyes. He goes, it's really yummy. And what do I say to that?
0: Mate, you, there was not a single thing he suggested you did not add to the order. The, um, Just say it, mate. Just say what it was. It was yeah, the quail eggs, yeah, wasn't it? This you all looked at me the same since the quail egg debacle. This guy goes, do you want a side of quail eggs? And Freddie goes, oh, we have to have them. I disagree. I went, no. He goes, mate, it's yum. I go, you have my attention. Mate, honestly, you you if you ever buy like a secondhand car, I'm going with you because you're gonna. From what I saw, you're gonna end up paying like two hundred thousand dollars for a Honda Civic. Right. You are you. Are, can you admit that man was laughing at you in the kitchen?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And then also like we got
1: ejected from the venue. They were like, you have to pay and leave now. We're close. Yeah,
0: that was the other thing. Yeah, they w- I'd had like
1: four of my fourteen quail eggs, and I, I had a lot of those quail eggs. They were gorgeous. They I were yum. I I go out on a limb and Say they were yum. I'll say this, quail eggs just taste like
0: eggs. A little smaller.
1: Yeah. So you know how like an egg usually, you know... They're half
0: the size, twice the price. Right. I think they they call them... It's definitely only white guys that order quail eggs at this restaurant. They get them out of the full section of the fridge. We got
1: given the Caucasian menu for sure. (laughs) Oh, man, 100%. I don't even know what that was. It's laminated because then we're spilling shit everywhere. I mean, it was a hot pot restaurant as well. There was like soups in the middle, in the table. Yeah. Yeah, it in the table.
0: Yeah, the, the pot was in the table, and then this
1: guy we we the were table was more it. was more pot than table. <laughs> it was predominantly pot. <laughs> it was like Rowan on the weekend, predominantly pot. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're
0: back. Yeah. Got <laughs> <Cut> that, Rowan? <laughs> you fucking loser, dog.
1: Um, dude. So the other thing was we had to like make our own sauces as well. So you like select things off oh, the that menu. That was
0: that was fucking ridiculous. I didn't. Yeah, you completely. I forgot about that. And so
1: we had to sort of make our own shit and also we, we've goes, had
0: 10 pints <laughs> <laughs>
1: and we're making up sauces as we go bill's putting shiitake mushrooms with carton draft and just stirring
0: dude <laughs> my sauce was inedible
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that was it he saw what you were doing he goes okay this is the sauce i usually make he pours in some soy sauce and just like some i don't know what it was like shallots and it just goes just try try a bit of that don't but, get overly ambitious
0: what i didn't get about the sauce was that we had the sauce, but then the the meal like you make a sauce, but the meal was soup. So it's like you don't put sauce in soup. <laughs> Where were we? Where did we go? I don't know what happened. I'm. So I also
1: don't like remember walking through a door frame. So it's every chance we were just like out on the street and got invited to a, a cookout or something. No, we
0: did want to have um a beautiful Asian meal, but right. we were supposed to go to dinner at like eight thirty. Right, and then. And then we wandered into this place at like 11.30. And also, like, he was probably thinking, we were those guys. Like, just as he's about to flip the door sign to closed, Right. We roll in blind, (laughs) completely not even understanding the concept of the restaurant. And that's when he's told the chef, we're going to need a dozen quail eggs for these (laughs) fucking idiots. (laughs) Oh, shit. You were absolutely taken for a ride, mate. But nevertheless, I appreciate you leading the dance. Mate, I I think I paid as well. In fact, now that we're talking about it, I still haven't paid you for that. <laughs> I owe you 25 sheets. So we'll sort that out. Now I kind Mate. of regret doing this podcast. Oh, my God. I would have gotten away with that. Mate. So all along,
1: it was actually a trap of my making. Oh my you God. You thought you were going to get game. me. <laughs> Mate, come on now. I'm, I'm the Christopher Nolan of being your friend. It's been a pretty rough ending.
0: Yeah. Mate, I'm just thinking, we've only done eight minutes, but this chick vacuumed the hallway It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Also, I have to like go to my show soon. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you can? they can hear the vacuum on the microphone? Yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah, dude. We got vacuuming on one side of the room, power <laughs> drilling on the other. Dude, this guy, uh, this kind, the builders next door, I don't want to speak out of school. They're unqualified. Yeah. One of the lads said, can you pass me that drill? And I heard someone say, which one's that? <laughs> so this whole place could burn down. Maybe just give... I know you have to go to your show. This is going to be the world's shortest podcast. Right. But we'll tack it on to the end of the solo one. Beautiful. Um, The vacuum's really only getting louder. Um, Mate, give us a quick... Ru- f- the vibe check on our Airbnb and then plug your show and then walk <laughs> off.
1: Okay. So, almost I want to... We should have agreed beforehand. Do we discuss the bed situation on the air? Or is that something that's almost too embarrassing okay. to confide well, to the wider well, audience?
0: Well, if, if you, if you want to fucking do this, dude... <laughs> Because we can, but I'm gonna have to. Then you're gonna have to talk about sexually explicit stuff on the air. Yeah, no, we we have three beds in the property. Yeah, exactly, mate. So if you want to start, you know, prancing your sexual ois- exploits all around this town via the airwaves, that's your prerogative, mate. And I'm willing to get into it.
1: Okay, mate. If you're going to get into it,
0: I'm going to start vacuuming.
1: Yeah, get <laughs> I'm going to fire up my own Dyson air.
0: <laughs> yeah. So basically, last night, without speaking out of school. We've been swapping turns on the bed. One of us on the floor, one of us on the bed. And then I, it was my turn on the floor. I get home before Freddie, still at midnight. Pretty cool. And then <laughs> I wake up at 4am to take a piss. Freddie's not home yet. No text. My phone nothing. died. Yeah, your phone's been dying a lot on this trip, mate. <laughs> and then so I sleep in the bed and Freddie comes home and goes, Oh, look who took the bed. <laughs> no, that's not true. And I'm saying, mate, fuck you. I'm no, taking the bed no, tonight you as go, well. You go, you go to me.
1: I was sleeping on the floor for three hours. So this counts as a floor night for me. It does. Even though, even though you'd been in the bed from 3 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. I didn't
0: set an alarm. You got
1: several REM cycles in, no, in the bed. No. So it counts as a
0: bed night for you. No, because I still had the first six hours on the floor. No, three. You got
1: home at midnight. And I mate, woke up at can we consult six to the take? take a this piss. This like the OJ trial. I'm like, the glove does not fit, dude. <laughs> mate, you got home at midnight. You got up for a piss. Sometimes it's three. Sometimes it's four.
0: Well, we don't know you're, what time You're it still getting up for that piss.
1: So You've told me that story once where you go, I'm still asleep on the floor right now. That's man, how long man, I've been man, asleep the on thing, the floor. Mate,
0: it's it's a It's not a question of what time I took a, a piss at. Which, by the way, I can take a piss whenever I want. Okay? <laughs> it's a question of courtesy because... Firstly, uh, you shoot me a message saying, "Bill, I'm not coming home tonight because it's fucking rock and roll in in the southern city, and I'm out and about." I say, "Beautiful, I'll take the bed. Job done." But you couldn't even grant me that courtesy, and that's why I spent up well an an undesignated amount of time on the floor. Three hours. Well, it's probably much more than that. <laughs> and then and then I hopped into the bed. Um, and really... You did would, hop, didn't you? You had a spring in your step. You I'll tell you where I slept after I took a piss. In a bed of lies. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Your Honour. I feel like <laughs> I just did... De- <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I sentenced you to a lifetime on the floor. Yeah, dead set. <laughs> that is death row at this point. That, this floor is like... It could not be more hardened cement. Oh, There's good. like the cadence of a carpet here. But when you, like, when you are like 180 degrees against this thing... Oh, it's, it's hurt, it hurts.
0: But also the funniest thing is um, Rowan is staying with us this weekend. <laughs> Mate, for all we know, he'll be in the bed. I'll tell him to bring a sleeping bag or something. We'll chuck him under the stairs like Harry Potter. <laughs> he'll work it out. Yeah,
1: put the pod in Harry Potter, am I right? And we're off. Oh my God. And we're fucking off.
0: Rowan Arneal does drugs. <laughs> he do- I've seen it. Uh, anyway, mate, you've got to get to your show I do, mate Mate, I'll tell you what, short and sharp We might have just reinvented the podcast game <laughs> <laughs> Just 12 minute hitters off Dude, the Dude, this rip. is TikTok ready TikTok ready, Get mate. me on the talk, brother <laughs> Yeah um, Freddie, mate, give your show a quick plug Freddie McManus is stoppable 6pm each night at the Fad
1: Gallery The Fad Gallery 5pm um, sure. Sunday, but 6pm from whenever this comes out Until Saturday
0: This comes out Thursday so Thursday, Thursday to Friday,
1: Saturday, 5pm Six oh no six fuck <laughs> Thursday Friday Saturday six p.m. Sunday five p.m. and
0: then we're done. Beautiful mate, I tell you what the five p.m. Sunday that's tasty. Yeah, Easter Monday the next day, still got time to see Billy Darcy at eight forty. Yeah, Sunday. I plan on
1: carrying on in the back of your.
0: Oh, <laughs> heads up to anyone who comes to my Sunday show. I don't want to speak out of school, but I will be drunk <laughs>
1: <laughs> on the Lord's Day.
0: Israel Adesanya fights at three p.m. Oh my god, and I have comedy at eight forty. You fill in the blanks, <laughs> but I'm um, not. It should be a fun show. Come along! Unbelievable, beautiful, mate. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, mate. Thank you.